You are listening to The Women of Kona, a feisty media production. We would like to thank our partners, Try Hard, That's It, Kerr Sports, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. Oh, I don't have it in with me. You're live. We're live. We are live. We're live? Okay. Good afternoon and evening, everyone. Here we are, live from Kona, for our final episode of the Women of Kona series, brought to you by Kerr Sports, Try Hard, That's It, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. And as you can see, for those at home can he- will hear in one moment, I once again have the lovely Kelly O'Mara, woman in the know, in the studio with me. Kelly, how are you doing today after the race? I thought you were going to say, as you can see, it is Friday after the race. <laughs> Uh, we may or may not have had drinks. We may or may not be tired. <laughs> Some of us may or may not have had drinks. What I was saying as we were going live was you're wearing your 50 women in Kona, and I was wearing earlier my 50 women to Kona. Oh, where do you still have that? Yeah. Uh, took it off? I took it off for branding purposes. Branding purposes, <laughs> because you launched a new thing. Has everyone signed up for Kelly's new thing? Everyone? Everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're not signed up, apparently you're not part of everyone. <laughs> But we should have done like a, you know. Yeah. We should have. We should have. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is your fault. Yeah. (laughs) The future is here, guys. (laughs) Okay, friends. As you can tell, we're slightly losing it. Okay. So coming up on today's show, actually, we have a lot of amazing clips for you today to play. So last night, the team and I and the lovely Kelly O'Mara went to the press conference after the race and heard from the top five pro women. Um, and then this morning, we also went to the Kerr Sports brunch and we got a couple age group perspectives on how they liked racing on Thursday. Um, and I even caught up with an old training partner of mine. Oh, I say training partner. What I should say is someone I'd used to train behind a lot, Lisa Norden, who actually finished fifth yesterday in the women's race. So let's uh, hear from some of our partners and we'll come back for the for a full final debrief of our entire amazing trip to Kona. Whether you're training hard or working hard, That's It bars are the perfect on-the-go snack. They are made 100% from real fruit. Plus, they are totally delicious and have been powering our Kona trip so far. It's always tricky to plan your nutrition when you're traveling, so having something simple and delicious to snack on has been a total game changer. That's It has a bunch of other on-the-go snacks as well, with all items containing six ingredients or less. And the best part, That's It is giving our listeners a special discount on all their products. Just head over to that'sitfruit.com and use the code KONA25 for 25% off your order. That's 25% off your whole order at that'sitfruit.com with the code KONA25. Let's take a minute to talk about hair. If you do triathlon, you've probably asked yourself questions like, what's the best way to wear my hair during a race? How can I keep my hair healthy and hydrated? And how can I avoid my hair ending up in a giant knot? Enter TryHard. TryHard has pre and post swim solutions designed to reduce the absorption of pool and ocean chemicals into your hair. We love using TryHard's pre and post swim conditioner before and after every swim to keep our hair feeling great. TryHard also has a bunch of other products useful for triathletes like their after-swim body wash and recovery bath salts, which have been a hit with the feisties. Take care of your hair and skin with TryHard. 
Use the code FEISTYKONA for 20% off at tryhard.co. That's FEISTYKONA for 20% off at tryhard.co. Hey, okay, so for everyone watching, please give us some cheers in the comments. We love you. What did you think of yesterday? We want to know. Do we want to know anything else from our live audience, Kelly? I don't know. I'm curious what people who weren't here, because we know, like, I can tell you what it was like here. We were just joking. We're in, like, a cone of days. Like, we don't know what day it is. The fact that it was on Thursday, like, doesn't mean anything. But for people at home, I'm kind of like, did you watch it? Were you at work? Did you, like, have it in your corner of your computer? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. And then um, if anyone has any questions, please put them in the chat box because we will answer them right here. Um, Okay, so there was a couple of themes that came out of the week. Oh, did we have a question, Ella? Oh, (laughs) Elizabeth emoji party. Amazing. Party hat emoji. No idea. It's fine. (laughs) Amazing. Hi, Elizabeth. Okay, so we had a couple of themes coming out of the week, I thought. Um, What like what kind of sticks out for you? Well, obviously, Chelsea, I mean, we've gone back and forth about this whole, like, first mom, not first mom, whatever. But, like, 18 months postpartum, it was a big deal. And honestly, like, we'll talk about the age groupers. I also know quite a few age groupers who, I mean, maybe it's because they qualified back in 2019 or 2020. And, you know, a lot of people had COVID babies. It's a real thing. So a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people were out there postpartum. We're pumping in the changing tent. We're like, this is a different experience. And I think that just really resonated Lots of tears, lots of crying. Lots of tears. You know what? I did not expect to come to Kona, do the do the live coverage of the race, and come out saying the theme was motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> like kudos to Chelsea for sort of bringing. Oh, and and Miranda Carfrey too. Like we, you know, earlier in the week, we she was on one of our earlier shows. We we posted a clip on social media about her choice actually to not race and focus on motherhood, which I think is also amazing. Like there's. A thousand, no, as many women as there are, that's how many ways there are to be a mother, you know? So like, if you're still after it, like Chelsea, go after it. If you want to focus, if you want to focus more on your kids, it's also okay. And all the things in between. There was a picture of Rennie and Chelsea at the finish hugging um, that uh, Rennie posted on Instagram and yeah. Yeah. Crying. Tears, more more crying, all the crying. It's fine. Um, Yeah. Maybe tears is one of our themes. Um, all right. So at the press conference, um, Chelsea, there was quite a very raw moment where Chelsea explained how hard it really was for her to come back postpartum. So let's hear from her. Um, my question is, I know you mentioned that your training was um, in post-pregnancy, and I'm just curious what that experience was like and what that training you know, looked like and how different it was from what you've done in the past. <laughs> Sure. So I, while I was pregnant, I decided that I wanted to try to qualify for the Collins Cup, which was going to take place when I was five months postpartum, and I would need to validate my qualification with a race when I was four months postpartum. And I didn't really understand what that meant when I set that goal. Turns out it's really hard to get back to racing after you have a baby, go figure. Um, But... uh, I just kind of jumped in with two feet. When I, I think I started back on a training plan when I was six weeks postpartum, and uh, it was really, really hard. Uh, actually, like training since having my daughter has been very, very challenging. It's taken a massive team effort and investment for my family, um, so that I can, I can, you know, train like a professional athlete. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm human, and I 
deal with all the same things that that any woman would deal with when trying to return to exercise um, postpartum. Yeah, it's it's a quite a journey. Um, but I'm not going to stop talking about it until things are more equitable, until women feel like confident and comfortable that they can choose both family and sport at the highest level. So ladies and gentlemen, So Kelly, as I was saying before the show, a lot of, we've had the feedback a lot that some of the clips that we've shared, like with Chelsea or Rennie have made a lot of people sort of feel seen or a lot of women and moms feel seen. And this particular clip got me because it is really hard to come back postpartum. And like, I don't remember anyone asking me, me about it or talking about it. You know, I suddenly just started racing pro again. And it's fine. Like, you know, you can have an experience and not everyone has to know about it. Right. But I really felt like her just saying, her just saying like it was hard. Just like it really hit for me. Um, so I actually talked to Chelsea a lot last year when she was kind of trying to do so she had set this goal, which she talked about in the press comments and I it wasn't in that clip, but set this goal to be back at the Collins Cup five months, right? I think, I don't know if we cut the clip, but she did say that she said she, she had to be back at the Collins cup in five months and you had to qualify, which meant she had to be racing like three months. And so she had set this goal and it was very ambitious. And I talked to her during that process because we did some stories and there was a video series and like, and, uh, and when I talked to her, I mean, last year, you know, she's like, this might be TMI. Cause we talked a lot about like pelvic floor and like what that right. took and like the specific exercises. And like my husband's like, your perception of pregnancy is totally distorted because all you ever hear about is the athletes coming. Like, like I actually have heard a lot about this. Right. Um, but it was really hard. Like not, there was the physical aspect, like literally getting back was hard. And then she did get injured after she came back, like kind of with the stress fractures, like a lot of women will have that, you know, like your bones are just different. Your joints are different. Um, and then this year I know has been super, super hard with the logistics of childcare. Like that's just been a whole nother element of like her husband's a firefighter now in Reno and that's a certain kind of job that takes a lot of hours. And like, who's going to watch the kid when you need to train and, and trying to incorporate all of that. And like, it has been really hard. I know, it's been really tough. I remember we had a, I had a schedule, especially when Rosie was really young of like that include like included like four adults, like a very detailed schedule just for her of like where she was going to be passed off. Like, and then it, some of it, sometimes the schedule I'd make would have my training on it. <laughs> so it'd be like, I'd like hand her off to grandma and then it would be like swim bike. And then it would be like her dad's turn. We had like, it, it was like detailed and complicated just so that I could do just so that I could do the sport. And like, I mean, even here, she has her husband here. Um, she has her parents to watch the kid. Because um, it's you can't just leave an 18-month-old and go do an Ironman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, let's talk about another another one of our themes, I think, is that it's sort of like that the move towards the women's only day. The fact that the pro women had, you know, had a more fair race because there weren't pro men and age group men tangled up with them. And also like the media, the extra media coverage that the women got because all eyes were on them. I think there were like kind of three elements there that we all keep just calling like this women's day happened, but like one fair racing, right? That's this element that all the pros for sure recognize. I think a lot of the age group women to the media coverage, like it was all that, like a lot of this stuff was happening before. We just never saw it. Right. And then three though, there were, 15-ish more women there and it changed the race like it was deeper there were more people it did change the racing when I was like man this really just feels more like the men's race plays out I was like oh because yeah. of all of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, exactly exactly so at the press conference uh we asked we heard from all five of the top five of what they thought about the Thursday race so let's watch that 
you were on kind of some pros and cons of the two race format after now running through it. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, what if we just go down the line? Why don't we start with Laura? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think it was uh, a great experience to share the course with like mostly women. Of course, we also think need to mention the few age group men that were out there. Um, they also cheered us on and uh, I really liked that as well. Um, I really like the two-day format. I'm not too sure if Kona can handle it. I think it was super, super busy. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, because um, you work for Ironman. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm also excited now to see the men race and I think to see them race, uh, maybe drinking a cocktail will be a new and cool experience as well. Maybe we girls can meet up and uh, yeah, enjoy them suffering. Um, but yeah, overall, um, I think uh, it's it's great to have our own race. Lucy has a massive smile on your face when you said that. <laughs> Lucy, is that a part of the plan right now? Well, I'm just glad we got to race first, to be honest. We can enjoy watching the men and we've done it. I wouldn't want to be the other way around, having watched us lot all suffer all day and then know they've got to go and do it. So I'm happy with the two-day format. If the ladies always go first, then we can keep it. <laughs> Chelsea. I think that there are pros and cons, of course, to the two-day format, but I really appreciate how much media coverage there was on the women's race today. I'm, I'm hoping that people got to tune in and see how the race really played out, that the cameras were not just on you know, the front of the women's race like they usually are. Um, the women's racing right now, if you haven't, if you haven't noticed, is so incredibly exciting. I think um, just as exciting, if not more so, as, as the men. And I and I'm glad that you know that's being featured a bit more. Yeah, I think the same. Like Chelsea said, the media coverage was amazing, and um, I think we girls deserved our own race. Um, I think um, the only con is that we race on a Thursday because in Germany the triathlon is quite big, and people have to watch from a Thursday to Friday. And um, I think it's a bit unfortunate for our sponsors to like give uh, some, uh, something back. So maybe if it would be a Saturday and Sunday race, it would maybe be better but to have our Anna, own race. With all due respect, it's October. Octoberfest, Germany. <laughs> yeah. They get an extra day off to what? It's Iron Man Day. <laughs> we have to talk to the German first. I'm just like the same on Annie. I just feel really, really sorry about my mom having to stay up to 3 a.m. on a Thursday night. <laughs> it's like, you know, really hard for her. Um, coming from the ITU background, they are really good with like making sure uh, both genders get the same media attention. So they would always alternate the timing. So not like always one gender would go at 11 and one go at the highlight, like at 3 or 4 p.m. for the crowds. So I think like what would be fair, even though I hate that we can't drink the cocktails watching the men's, I think a nice format would be to actually swap the days every other year. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, I am I totally love how Lisa Norton suggested swapping the days. So the women sometimes go on the women go on Saturday every other year. What do you think? I think back at the first outspoken summit, I was talking to the race director and I suggested that and she was like, no one's ever said that. 
But now, what? now officially, many people have said it. <laughs> so officially, many people have said it. And we've been suggesting that for the 70.3 worlds too for a while. And that has not happened yet, has it? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying about the outspoken. That was 70.3 worlds. Um, yeah, I think all of us were very, I mean, we all loved the women's. I mean, women's only was massive success. Huge agreement. Can't go backwards now. Get on board. Of course, there are things we would like to see. The Thursday, apparently, apparently it's Thursday or was Thursday. Yesterday was Thursday. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess some people had to work. So like, that was like a big factor, especially for the Europeans, like Anne said, and Lisa said, you know, over there, triathlon is a real sport, but like the women are, it's a much smaller for the women. And so, you know, a Thursday race, it's just, they're not getting the same coverage. Like it's midnight. It's not happening. They get like 30 seconds, maybe on the news. Um, so it would be nice to see that coverage switch. I will tell you, having talked to like industry people, the big, big factor behind the scenes is what the broadcast teams want for that prime time Saturday. And right now the European broadcast teams, like they want the men. They want the men for the coverage. And you know what's going to change that, Sarah? What, Kelly? NBC and a fucking US mom on, on NBC coverage. That's what we got to like make happen here. <laughs> okay, people, you, hear, you heard it here first. Did I say that right? First? I don't know. It's like, but anyway, I mean, that's why, like, I was so freaking out. Because, like, an American on American TV at an American race, like, that could then be the pressure that gets put to be like, no, the women need to be in the primetime spot. Right. Let's make that happen. Right. Yeah, totally. Okay, I love it. And I also got to catch up at the press conference last night with, like I said, my old friend, Lisa Norton, back from our training camp days back in, I don't know, 2012. It goes way back. We We trained together in Sedona in 2012, but then... I think it's like 2007 or so when, yeah, this talented Swedish girl showed up one day at our training camp in Switzerland. So let's hear from Lisa. Lisa Norton, congratulations. Thank you so much. You were, yeah. you were saying um, about having a penalty out there and you had just an incredible bike ride. Did you, did it kind of like, did the penalty kind of help in a way to speed you up a little bit of anger? <clears throat> well, definitely. Like to be honest, I think if I didn't have the penalty, I would have kept being like quite passive in the race and just stayed in the group. So I probably would have like actually come back after what I did <laughs> with the penalty because I like fired up and went and I felt amazing too. Even like standing around, it kind of maybe just like rebuilt everything and then I could start fresh like on the new one. Yeah, yeah, and we know you know we know you as like an Olympic silver medalist, a short course world champion, as you pointed out. This is your first time in Kona, right? It is. Oh well, I was here 2012 for the training camp with my former coach. Oh yeah, yes, I, <laughs> exactly. I think I remember that training camp. We came from Sedona to here, right? Yeah, we like me and Annie actually went to Yokohama first, and then we came straight from Yokohama, and then we went to Auckland for the grand final. So then it was actually really nice to come back knowing the lands, the lay of the lands. So I could like picture the bike course and the run course to have that like visual. Did you have goal? Like what were your goals going into today? Well, so I did St. George earlier this year, but this is definitely like a more competitive field, um, definitely more stacked and also a very hot race. Being Swedish, having trained uh, in my garage and on my gravel bike <laughs> I wasn't quite sure of how that was gonna like work for me but I raced in Dallas and that was you know hotter than here and it went well so I think the heat the Swedish heat training has gone well <laughs> so do you think you'll do more Ironman come back try to go try to go further up on the podium exactly like it would be nice to have like collected all the big podiums right at some stage uh, this is my fourth Ironman so I still feel like a baby uh, so 
So like I would enjoy getting some more experience and come back and having a bit more skin in my nose. Yeah. yeah right. Is this the end of the season for you? Well, um, I need to have a discussion with my coach. He didn't want to say or like talk about it before. So when I was on the run course, I would have nothing else in my mind than like to finish this race as good as possible. So we're gonna take up that like subject again. Yeah. I would um, to actually, I would really like to. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm so, uh, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay, Kelly, you're the woman in the know. Lisa Norton uh, biked pretty much as fast as Daniela, minus if you subtract the penalty. Are people talking about her? Yeah, people. Talk. Ellen's been talking about her. <laughs> Ellen in our audience was like Lisa Norton all day. <laughs> we should have believed Ellen in the first place. I, know. I was like, I don't know if she can run. And Ellen was like, no. <laughs> yeah, Lisa's only in her early 30s. That sounds right. Sounds about 33 or so. A little older, but yeah. I'm just, I'm just making it up. I'm just making stuff up right now. Um, we do have a question. We did have a question from the audience. Hi, Elizabeth. Uh, about why Chelsea turned her visor backwards in the, in the finishing shoot. I mean, she, uh, yeah. You usually, like, zip up the kit. Got to look good for the final picture. She was, it was, it was a picture photo sponsor thing, for sure. Got to get the full face. You want your face pick the glasses up so you can get your eyes but you keep the glasses on so you get the sponsor you zip up she had like time to fix her hair down the chute yeah <laughs> I, I can I can remember doing that too like where you um like you put the water on your face you know you get and I always remember like taking the glass if I forgot to put my glasses up in the finish shoot because like it's this it's the sponsors it's the sponsors yeah I mean really though you flip the hat around in the back because you want the full good picture the picture the picture picture yeah. yeah it's all about the finishing picture or the gram <laughs> <laughs> okay so earlier this morning our our third theme that's coming out of this week is like community i feel like the women's community in triathlons as strong as ever you know i coming in like i i said in an instagram post like i wasn't sure if, if we were even going to come back and i didn't know like where our community was at and whether people were still here like doing triathlon like where is everybody but I've really found that people we're, we're still here. People should, Sarah's like, I quit triathlon. Are people still doing triathlon? Is that a thing? <laughs> I had to come and find out. <laughs> Turns out they are. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we dropped by the curb brunch this morning and uh, talked to a few people. Uh, I definitely wanted to get the age group perspective on the Thursday race. So first off, let's hear from Margot Gregory, who is a legacy athlete uh, and has raced 14 Ironmans. Let's hear from Margot. Hi, Margot. Congrats on your race yesterday. Thank you. I understand that you're not new to the Ironman world. You've done 14 Ironmans? I have. As of yesterday, it's 14. <laughs> wow. And you were here with the legacy program. Is this your first time in Kona? It is. First time. Amazing. What are your impressions of Kona? Um, it lived up to the dream. Um, it was everything I thought it would be, uh, a little more. Um, no complaints, had a great day. Um, hope to make it back one day, <laughs> maybe as a qualifier. Amazing. So it lived up to the dream. What, what, what was that dream? Do you have a way to describe that? It's, it's that mythical place that triathletes or uh, long course triathletes dream about coming. Um, it's that place that people who really know nothing about triathlon want to know, did you ever go to Kona? <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a magical place that you know for so many years I've seen on TV, and I mean I actually got to be here and experience it. It was it was truly amazing. And 
how was your day yesterday? Did your race go to plan? It did. Um, you know, I really trained hard. I knew coming here it was going to be... I'd have to go to places mentally that, you know, I wouldn't normally have to go to for Ironman. Um, I knew I'd be in the best with the best triathletes in the world, um, and I really wanted to represent as best I could. Um, so I really trained really, really hard, and I met or exceeded all of my goals, and I wasn't last in my age group above some of the qualifiers. Um, so I was excited. I had a great day, I, and I took the day in, and I, I didn't let it just solely be focused on, you know, my race. I made sure I was out there for my teammates, and they were out there for me, and it was a great day. Yeah, and did you like racing on Thursday? I did. You know, I don't have anything to compare it to, per se, um, but since I've been on the island, I feel like every day's been a weekend here. Um, I didn't really feel like it was a Thursday, um, but it's nice to um, have a day to rest and then uh, be prepared to cheer on the men, because they were super supportive for us yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think about having a women's only day next year on Thursday? Is that something that excites you? Um, you know, I sort of have mixed feelings about it initially. But with some of the men that were racing with us, you know, it didn't really feel like a women's only race per se for me yesterday, um, especially since I was the last wave before the men started. So it really felt like a co-ed race for me um, from where I started. But one thing that I did kind of find out yesterday was that they were several thousand volunteers short for the women's race. And then I went to go sign up just a little bit ago for the men's race. And I'm told that they don't have anything left, really. So I really would love to see more support for the women's race um, if they're going to keep it as a two-day event, which is my understanding that they are. Um, but just a little, a little more support for the women's race. But it was great. I didn't really feel like it was a... You know, uh, women's only race from from my perspective yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and do you have anything? Do you have fans at home who you know who might tune in or anything you want to say to your training partners? Um, I just, I, absolutely. Um, I everybody has been super supportive. I've been getting. I can't even keep up with all the messages and the phone calls. Um, even driving here, um, the cycling club that I cycle with, they were they're doing Seagull this uh, this weekend, and they were on the phone all in the car with me this morning just congratulating me because this is nothing I've talked I mean this is what I've been talking about for the last couple of months and they're cyclists but they got it and they were really there for me so I'd like to thank everybody you know for the training miles for the support for the extra miles for the you know the escorts when we had to go out on runs after a long ride um, just everybody that had you know would even listen to anything I had to say about my journey to, <laughs> to become a, a Kona competitor Amazing. Well, congratulations again, Margo. I Thank hope you, you enjoy your recovery. Thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, 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 oh. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Just getting the gods, guys. <laughs> okay. So uh, hearing from Margo there, that was really interesting what she said about the um, volunteers right. and the lack of aid stations. And so, like, I think, you know, that's what – um. Andrew and Diana both told me earlier in the week that like they made less aid stations on the Thursday because they they didn't have enough volunteers. And then they had to do the same number of aid stations on Saturday because it's not fair if the Saturday race has more aid stations. Sure. Um, and the lack of volunteers is always going to be a problem on Thursday. Locals can't really volunteer. Apparently they still have work. 
a lot of the expense this year, like stopped some people from just coming in to volunteer. Also, like the men and people related to the men were not going to volunteer on Thursday because they were racing on Saturday. Whereas a lot of the women I know are going to volunteer on Saturday. I've heard at least a number. So it because, it, yeah, Saturday's full for volunteers. Yeah. Uh, as we were joking, right? Like Jan Fredino can't staff all the age stations on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if that continues to be a problem as time goes on and whether or not like because I feel like this week, despite having, you know, more than twice the number of competitors, I there's not twice the number of spectators here. No, absolutely not. Or like auxiliary people, people. And um, and I did hear from like multiple age group women and some of the pro women even that like they felt the aid stations being for their part. Like it was one point eight miles is far yeah. And in the, yeah, exactly. Even in the interview with Daniela yesterday, like she felt that, right? So, and, and the pros get their own special aid stations. Apparently, I didn't know that. They do. I can confirm. Um, okay. We also talked to Amy Farrell, who came second in the 45 to 49 age group. And she's a multiple podium finisher here. So let's hear from Amy. Amy, congratulations on your second place finish in your age group. How are you feeling today? Uh, pretty good. Um, I I made some mistakes with nutrition yesterday, so I think I was overcompensating every time I hit an aid station. So I actually feel better than after, I think, any Ironman I've ever done. So, Wow. Okay, so you made nutrition mistakes. But then how did you – okay, first of all, what are the mistakes and how did you make up for that? Um, I didn't pack enough food. So on the bike, so I was grabbing bananas uh, because my nephew, who I coach a, a few weeks ago, did Ironman Copenhagen, and he just kept grabbing bananas. So I was like, just grab the bananas, grab the bananas. And then um, with the distance between aid stations, I think I was actually taking more in than I normally would because I was so nervous about it being so far away. Right. Right. So that was noticeable out there. We heard that from a couple people, that the aid stations were f more spread out. It was rough. Um, <laughs> like the, the day I, I had COVID three weeks ago. Holy what? This, <laughs> this story is getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, I made it two and a half years. I'm a teacher and never got it at all. Um, but three weeks ago, came down with it. So like I was feeling invincible did a great ride and run the day before the next day I woke up and was dead but I felt like I was like am I just really hot because I had COVID but it turns out it was just really hot, it was really hot. so yeah. so that distance was so noticeable right. wow okay and I'm my impression is this is not your first time in Kona how many times have you raced here um this is the eighth time I've been here wow the first time was 22 years ago um so 2000 wow okay and have do you have other um podiums under your belt yes so that one I think that one I ended up fourth the next year I DNF'd then I took a long break had a baby and then I came back in 2013 um and I had so I have four 2014 I won my age group wow 2015 I bombed <laughs> 17 and 18 I was second and third wow that's amazing okay I'd love to get your perspective then as someone who's raced so many times here on the Thursday race and on the idea of having a women's only day on, on Thursday next year as well what did you think racing yesterday leading up to it I was a little bit upset about it that that 
I mean, it, it was it was great to have our own spotlight, and I like that next year it's all women. Um, so I was a little, but I was a little bit upset about like being on a Thursday. Right. But now that it's over and we get to go enjoy the men's race and cheer like crazy, I'm pretty psyched. Um, there were there were some things like that were just done that were kind of weird, like the women's side of the name sign. Oh yeah, yeah. It's in the hotel. <laughs> it's like little details like that, right? Like the men's names are facing out. And the women's are facing the other. I mean, it's like, like it's switched it before and then turned it around. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? It's just those little things. Like you can't complaining about one little thing like that. Maybe isn't worth it, but like right. sometimes they add up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, but it was awesome. Like being like getting onto the run and really just seeing those women spotlighted so much. And Chelsea Sidero, um Right before she had her daughter, she interviewed my daughter and I for a series with Hoka. And so it was so awesome to see her with, like, with a baby. She's still got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old's your daughter? She's 18. She's a freshman in college, so. Wow, fantastic. And she's grown up with a mom coming to Kona every year and crushing her age group. <laughs> Love yeah. it. It's been really fun. There were a couple of years that I just brought her, like when she was in fifth grade. Yeah. But like the community of that we have around us just took care of her on race day. She was out there with with Kebby Holden, the, the the founder of sports of Core Sports. The last time I was here, like way out on the on the Queen K. It's just been really awesome. I love that. Well, uh, congratulations again, and uh, well done. And we'll look forward to seeing you next year. No, this is my Ironman grand finale. What? <laughs> You're all over on my gravel bike. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, do you know Girls Gone Gravel? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's, that's yeah, amazing. Amazing. Well, come on over to the gravel brand, and we'll see you there. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> I love how she said she's retiring and doing gravel riding because... We, we also have a women's community over there with Girls Gone Gravel. Right, Kelly? Right. Just like Heather Jackson. Apparently yeah. retired. This was her last Kona. She's just going to gravel now. Has that been officially announced? Uh, did you just break it here? No, no. I think she wrote it on the internet. But I saw her in the bathroom after yesterday. Oh. Yeah. That's what she told you in your bathroom meeting? <laughs> Amazing. We've had several bathroom meetings also. Yeah. Right. It's such a, it's like triathlon still is so funny, right? Like we, um, like at some point we're going to be a real sport, right? And you're not think, right. and you're not gonna be able to run into like the random winner of the world championships, like in the bathroom or whatever. You know, right. like it's gonna be like I think about the fact that I was just like sitting in a corner typing the day before the race or two days before whenever the press and Chelsea like sat down with me. And we we're just talking about like what have you been up to? What have you been up? To? Like that's not gonna happen. That doesn't happen in football. Right. Right. That's true. Right. So at some point, it pro if we get big enough, it might stop. Yeah, if we get big enough, what will it take for that? Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's happening, but right now, yeah, it's sort of, it's like your sponsor watches your kids and like she was talking about and like you just kind of yeah. hang out. Yeah. 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 Right now we love it. We love it. We love it. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's take a little break and then we hear, if we, um, I talked to Kebby Holden, the owner of Curse Sports about the state of the industry. 
I used to think that winning an Ironman triathlon would be the hardest thing I've ever done. But after starting Feisty Media, I realized that starting, growing, and running a business is in fact the hardest thing I've ever done. There are so many decisions to be made, and by that I mean so many things to wake up in the middle of the night worried about. Like, how do I actually make money? How do I manage my business finances? How do I build an audience? How do I grow my team? How do I manage that team? Who do I ask for business advice? And then on top of that, I need to keep learning myself and build my own skills as an entrepreneur, as well as surround myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs that I vibe with. It's been an extremely rewarding journey for me so far, but it's also been extremely challenging. So if you can relate to some or all of what I'm saying, I invite you to join us in Tempe, Arizona this fall for the new and improved Outspoken Summit. We've all been there, two hours into a long ride, nowhere near finished, but totally uncomfortable, shifting back and forth and standing out of the saddle in an effort to ease the pain down there. But bike shorts and tri shorts should be comfortable, and that's why we are thrilled to have Core Sports as one of our sponsors. Core tri shorts have a revolutionary seam-free chamois, which means no raised surfaces for chafing. And every stitch of Core's tri suits, cycling kits, swimsuits, and run clothing is designed with you the woman endurance athlete in mind. Yes, you can have it all. Speed and style, performance and comfort, function and fashion. Use the code KonaHot10 for $10 off at coresports.com. That's KonaHot10 for $10 off at coresports.com. Okay, I feel like I've been waiting all week to ask someone who owns a brand here to talk about the state of the industry. And we finally got Kebby to talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear from Kebby. Kebby, how are you doing today? Hello, lady. I'm doing great. All the uh, shenanigans from yesterday have quieted down. So, yeah. how did you? Oh, wow. There's like there's like cheering and clapping. How <laughs> how did you find the race yesterday? Um, fantastic. It was. Incredible. Um, it was really cool to see the women do their thing without much, you know, interference. Um, really cool to see the women pros go off and you now not have any, you know, hindrance with the guys swimming and catching the men. Um, and then our, we had a team of about 20 women out there that, you know, just 20. Wow. Let it rip. I know it's backed up from three, three years, but you know, just to have the race again and, and see the athletes, you know, do what they do and out here was just, it was great to see it again. It's amazing. And I've, I've been wanting to corner an industry person all week <laughs> and ask this she question. She cornered me. I, I have literally have cornered you. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's sort of less industry here this year. Like, yeah. it feels like there's like less brands popping up everywhere. There's less folks in the expo. Why do you think that is? I think it's twofold. I think, first of all, that they're, um, you know, where are we going to have it? Last year, Kona was planned, and at the last minute, they pulled back and said it was canceled. So, you know, there's a lot of money that goes into planning and deposits and that type of thing. So just to be safe, it's, it, you know, I think some people were reluctant to pull the trigger and, and, and put those deposits down. Also, it's very expensive. Um, the, the expo is incredibly expensive, much more expensive probably because we haven't had it in three years. So um, I think that's part of it. You know, this, this business has a lot of small boutique brands. Um, whether it's a bike or clothing or, you know, swim skins. So I, I think that's part of it too. It's just, it's an expensive place to get everybody out here and to say it's a great place. It's yeah. fun, 
but you can do a lot, you can do a lot of other fun business stuff out here without having to have a booth. Right. Yeah. There's so many different ways to have a presence here. Yeah. And do you think that some of that will come back next year, or do you have a sense of that at all? I think though. I think people are going to sort of have to find their rhythm again. Um, we'll see. It, it's it's interesting with a two day format. Um, you know, and, it, and I think it's really cool to see people focus as much on the women's race as the men's race um, for, on the industry side. Um, so, so it's kind of fun seeing all the bike manufacturers and the wheel manufacturers and all those guys really focusing on, on getting the women athletes taken care of first. Yeah, and how, how many years have you been doing car sports? This is our ninth year. Ninth year. So, because I feel like around that time, like sort of seven to nine years ago, there were a number of women's brands in triathlon that just popped up, right? And do you think that like with this new two-day format, potentially like your brand, like do you, there might be more... You know, we call like support or a bigger audience for it now. Yeah, I, I mean that'll be really interesting to see. You know, if if more, you know, we're still a little uneven on the the participation numbers on the two day format. There's more men than there are women, but um, it would be really cool to see, you know, a real focus if the women's race is first. Seeing more more people coming to the expo to buy those specific that specific gear, right. and there you know women like to shop, so there's a lot of potential for other business offer to you know for new businesses to pop up. Totally, I mean next year it sounds like we could have 2,000 to 2,500 women racing on the Thursday, which to me means there'll be just like more women here, more you know just more space for women's activations and brands. Right, right, and and you know nothing against the guys, it's yeah. just it's just let's you know you. Industry-wise, I think you're missing a huge part of the money-making segment if you discount the women. Yeah, so absolutely. It's just a no-brainer to me. Yeah. So. yeah, same here. Well, thanks, Kebby. Thanks for everything you do for thanks women for what in this sport. you guys sport. do. Thanks. Yeah. It's so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Kelly. One thing Kebby and I talked about there was, like, whether there's a new opportunity for brands to focus on women with more women being on the island next year racing what do you think i'm like i don't know <laughs> like uh i mean i think there's a couple things there right one is like the problem for brands has always been one sheer volume right like they can't make or like making a women specific bike that's very very high end is there's not enough people to buy that for it to be worth it for them to make a model etc right that has always been an issue I think that's part of the question. Like, does more opportunity at a higher level of racing potentially change that? I think the women, and this is like, there's oversaturation in some aspects of women's right, right? There's too many women's lifestyle clothing brands and like too many like Lululemon, Athleta things out there. But is there, but there's not enough like high-end small bikes. There's just not, right? So there's like a, and one of that additional problem besides more women coming here and then like maybe trickling down is like more women have to also care about gear. Women have not often typically, and this may be for socialized reasons, cared about the tech aspect. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of agree. I liked, I used to like to uh, train on feel. Like I talked about with Daniela yesterday, who also sort of does that. Um, not just like totally on feel, like not waking up in the morning and deciding what I'm going to do. <laughs> But like, I like to know when my body was at threshold rather than have my power meter tell me. Sure. But there's this other aspect of it where like, like for instance, I was talking to Ann Head at a dinner thing and she was saying like they, she wants to get more pro women on their roster. But one of the things they've come up against is like a lot of the women just don't like spend the time that 
a lot of the men do in the aero data, like looking at the numbers, like really obsessing over like which wheel is faster, which tire is faster, which lube is faster, right? Like, and I personally also like hate that stuff. Um, but if we're gonna step, like if we're gonna step it up, like, and you do see more and more women now, like really following all that and caring about that. But if there's going to be brands, there's also gonna have to be a market. Right. And the, and the science has to play out for them. Right. So I think I've had an experience where some of that stuff, if I've tried it, like doesn't necessarily work. So for example, like, you know, my cycle used to affect what I was capable of more than like my fatigue from training or more than like, yeah, the other factors like of my, of my, of what would be a normal, like training periodized training program. So if like, if I had had the right information, right? Then maybe I would have been more interested in the science. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, that's probably true. Uh, you always say that about your period and knowing that it was more important than your fatigue. I've never had that. And I don't know that which one is which when right. I'm training. Right. Um, but on the other end, I will also say to the socialized aspect of like gear and tech and like which wheels fastest and which is there's obviously this whole element of that that is like, the forums and the Twitters and the people yelling at you because you're wrong. And I have noticed like, I, cause I go around and say like, I don't really like gear. I'm terrible at gear reviews. I don't know which bike is fastest. Yeah. And then it turns out like, I definitely actually know more than a lot of the dudes that say they know plenty. Yeah. So there's also like the whole part of us just being like, no, I'm fucking right. Yeah. This bike is good. Shut up. Well, and there's a difference between like knowing about it, having an opinion, being educated and, and then like, really being in the weeds and arguing about it all the time online. Right, right, right. And, uh, and like my husband got like super in the weeds on like tires a couple of years ago. And I was just sort of like, sure, let me know which one's best. Right. But yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Well, in summary, in summary. we've had an amazing t- two weeks for us here in Kona. One week for you, right, Kelly? Oh, you guys have been here two weeks. But yes. But you're leaving in the middle of the men's race tomorrow. We're leaving at the end of the men's race tomorrow. <laughs> because we care slightly about the men. Yeah. I like, I did tell okay, my husband that Sarah was leaving during the men's race. And he was like, of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> I feel like Steve has all the insights to me somehow. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so you guys are leaving. I'm staying for the after party, which uh, if anyone knows where it's at, let me know. <laughs> we'll keep you posted we'll keep you posted um no really it was like i feel like this is like groundbreaking year for women for women in triathlon for the women's side of the sport on so many levels i'm so glad that we came um and it's been so great being able to share some of that publicly through our community through instagram through the the youtube channel and the podcast so thanks everyone for listening and watching and thank you, Kelly, for being here and being our woman in the know. Our woman in the know. It was, uh, I have also been like, I don't know if I should have come, like you said on Instagram. And I also said this on Instagram. But being out there yesterday was pretty awesome. It was special. Yeah. All the tears finally happened and we're all crying. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks, all.